everyone. Welcome to Tom French Preaching. This is the podcast of me, Tom French, preaching. I'm a guy who lives in Melbourne and does Bible talks for youth and other people around Australia and all over the internet. I'm also the author of a few books, including Weird, Crude, Funny and Nude, The Bible Exposed, the Pops Devotion Series, and the soon-to-be-released A Dozen Disappointing Disciples. If you want more information about my books or to see what else I've been up to, go to my website, tomfrench.com.au. Let's get on with the talk. Well, I watched a uh, documentary this week. Uh, It was about uh, Woodstock, the music festival, but not the one from 1969, the one that happened 30 years later in 1999, uh, which was a disaster of an event. Uh, There were uh, hundreds of thousands of people who went. Uh, It was was on uh, an old Air Force base. Uh, It was very hot. There wasn't enough water for people. The water there was there. They were selling for, you know, way too much money. Uh, There was not enough um, sewer, not sewer, not enough uh, toilets for people, and the toilets that were there overflowed, and then people just thought it was mud, and then they swam in the mud, which was sewer. It was bad. It was very bad. There were a lot of a lot of angry young men who were abusing women and fighting each other and starting riots. It was it was a it was a terrible festival. And they interviewed one uh, man who was employed to be a security guard at the festival, and as he was. Uh, getting employed, uh, he got trained, and his training consisted of about a three-hour lesson, uh, and then there was a short quiz where he was given all the answers, and then that was it. He was given a t-shirt, he was given some credentials, and then he was sent out into the festival to do the work of a security guard. And when he got there, there was uh, some of the security guards, you know, they just... You know, took their T-shirt, took their credentials, took them off, put their t-shirt, other T-shirt on, and they went off to enjoy the festival with their free entry. Other security guards uh, stood at the front gate and took bribes from people to let drugs into the festival. And then there are a few security guards who are left over who are trying to do the work of security, but they were understaffed and underqualified to be doing this work. Uh, they've been given an important calling to be caring for and looking after the people at the festival uh, so that it didn't become a disaster, but they were under-equipped. They were not given what they needed to live up to this calling. And I, I tell you this because uh, today in this passage, uh, Paul writes to the people in Ephesus and he urges them to live a life worthy of the calling they have received, to live up to the calling of following Jesus. And so the question is, as we are called to live up to the calling that we have received, have we been given what we need to live out this calling? Have we been given enough or have we just been sent into the world uh, without what we need? Uh, Well, we're going to look at that throughout this passage. But before we do that, first, we need to establish uh, what this calling is. Uh, well, throughout the early, the early part of Ephesians, Paul has been talking about what the calling is, what we have been called to. We've been called to faith in Christ. We've been called to new life in him, uh, that we were people who were dead in our sins, but now we are made alive in Christ. We live by faith, uh, not by works. Uh, we have been called to reconciliation with God and also reconciliation with each other, peace amongst God's people. Uh, We have been called uh, to unity, uh, being seated with God in the heavenly realms and living with his people here on earth. 
It's a great calling that we have. And what does it mean to live out this calling? Well, Paul describes it uh, in uh, the first uh, few verses of this chapter, chapter 4. He says, As a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you are called to one hope when you are called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Uh, So here we have this great calling, and this calling is meant to be lived out. And the way we live it out uh, is in loving each other, uh, in being kind and patient and gentle with each other, and being unified with each other. Uh, We have this unity because we have one God, because we have one faith, one spirit, one baptism. We are called to be unified. And what we are called actually is not to create unity. It's not like we have to go and do a workshop together and do some team building exercises as God's people so that we can be unified. But in fact, it tells us to keep the unity of the spirit. We are already unified because we are people who are in Christ. We are unified across racial divides, across economic divides, across gender divides. Whatever divisions there are in the world, Jesus brings us together as his people to live in unity, in love, caring for one another. And as we do that, Jesus tells us, well, Jesus' prayer, sorry, in John 17, uh, tells us uh, what is the effect of this unity. Uh, He says, It is so that the world will know that you sent me, that's God, and have loved them, that's us, even as you have loved me. That's God loving Jesus. There's a lot of uh, pronouns there that are a bit confusing. But uh, the point is that as we are unified with each other, we are a symbol to the world uh, that God is at work in the world through his people and that God is someone who has loved his son Jesus and has sent his son Jesus into the world. We are a witness to the world. And that's what it means for us to live out this calling. It's a big calling. So do we have what we need to live it out? Well, the great thing is, as we see in this passage, Jesus does not leave us alone. Jesus gives us what we need to live out our calling. And he gives us what we need as a great gift giver. There's this image, sorry, there's this image of Jesus as a one who descends uh, to earth and then ascends into heaven, giving gifts to his people. Now, uh, my dad, when uh, I was young, he would travel a lot for work and he was an engineer. I didn't quite understand what that meant. I just thought that he would probably go to work sites with a hard hat on and point at things and that was his job. And uh, he travelled all over the world being an engineer and as he, uh, as he did this, uh, I was not that concerned about exactly what was going on because actually what I was excited about is that whenever he got back from a trip, uh, he would have a gift for me and for my older sister and my younger sister. And so when he got home, I would run up to him excited, pretending I was excited that he was home, but really I was just waiting <laughs> for the main event when he would open up his bag and he would pull out the gifts that he had for us 
as he returned from his trip. Now, most of the gifts were not very good as far as I remember. Like none of them stick out. I think they were probably like tourist pencils with like pictures of London on them or a snow globe or something like that. These days when my parents travel, uh, they come back pretty much always with socks for me. Uh, So I'm wearing some socks at the moment that my parents gave me uh, just so they could say that in this sermon right now. I am wearing them. (laughs) Uh, but, but it was always exciting to get these gifts. And my, my returning engineer father would give me gifts from his travels. Well, Jesus is one who, as he returns from his trip, that we descended from heaven to earth. And here on earth, he lived a life of perfection, showing us how to live. And he went up against the powers of sin and evil in this world. And he defeated them in his death and resurrection. And now he is ascending to heaven. And as he ascends to heaven, he descends like a conquering hero, not like a returning engineer, though that is great, but as one who is like a military uh, victor. Uh, in, in the days, uh, ancient days, uh, the time when the Bible's written, there was generals, when they would win wars, would enter back into the city uh, with a train of captives behind them, showing people the spoils of their victory. Well, the spoils of Jesus' victory over sin and death is that he gives us gifts as his people so that we can live out this calling. And so what are these gifts that he gives us? Well, we get a lot of gifts. Uh, We have gifts of salvation, gifts of faith. Uh, We have the spiritual gifts that we see described in the passage in the Bible. Uh, But in this passage, we see there are particular gifts and these gifts that Jesus gives us so that we can live out this calling are people. We are given people. We are given the leaders in the church. Uh, listen, listen to what it says in this passage uh, from verse 11. It says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The way that we achieve maturity and the way that we achieve unity is through the work of these people, these leaders who God has given us. Uh, first, they're the, uh, the apostles. And we know of the apostles as the disciples uh, who Jesus commissioned to go out and to uh, preach uh, to the resurrection of Jesus, to be witnesses uh, throughout the world. And uh, we don't have capital A apostles anymore. We, they, are, they are now dead and in heaven, which is Uh, great for them, uh, but sad for us because we don't have them hanging around being apostles now. But there are still people who do the work of being witnesses to Christ and do the work of starting new churches in new places. And so they do some of the work of apostles, just small a apostles. They're not the big apostles that we see in the Bible. Uh, But then there are the prophets. Uh, And in the Old Testament, we see there are the prophets who would preach God's word uh, and it gets written down in the Bible. But there's still this gift of prophecy we see within the church. Uh, As we read the New Testament, there are people, they're not speaking scripture, but they have special insight into what God has to say to his church today. They understand the Bible and they understand the world and they can speak clearly into situations because they hear God's heart and they have words to say to us. These are people who have a gift to us. Uh, They are gifted to us by Jesus. And then we have the evangelists. They are those people who are great at sharing the good news of what Jesus has done with those people who don't know Jesus. 
And as they share the good news, uh, while we are all called to do it, they seem to have you know, this, this special ability and people are, seem to be more responsive when they share the good news. These are the evangelists. And then there are the pastors and teachers. And this goes together. Pastors and teachers, they are, uh, they are there to work together because the pastors who are the ones who lead God's church, uh, lead congregations like a shepherd leading a flock of sheep, uh, their job is not just to care for God's people, but also to teach God's people. And while there are sometimes there are teachers who are not pastors, uh, the Bible calls leaders of churches always uh, to be pastors and to be teachers. And so uh, we benefit from all these people. Chances are in your life, you know people who have played some of these roles in your life. Uh, you have Andrew, who is uh, the official pastor and teacher of this church. And I'm sure you're thankful for the work that he does uh, in building up this body. But I'm sure there are other people in this church who also have unofficial roles to play. People with the gift of prophecy, people who are uh, great at uh, sharing the good news of Jesus, people who are good at caring for others, teaching, people who might be great at starting new initiatives. And we all benefit from the work of these people uh, to build us up and to help us to live out our calling as followers of Jesus. We can be thankful for the role they play in our life. I am thankful for the roles that people like that have played in my life. Uh, we have been given a great gift from Jesus in these people and we should keep our eyes out for them and the roles they're playing and encouraging them in their roles. And if we find that we have these gifts, then we should act and live out these gifts as well because we know that we are part of God's gift to the church so that we can be people who live out God's calling. Well, the last thing uh, we see in this passage is that not, not only are these people there to help us to be mature, uh, and to be unified, but they also stop us from being immature. Uh, we read at the end here from uh, verse 14. Then we'll be no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And so uh, we have the gift of these people uh, to help mature us as God's people, to be a mature body of Christ, not being deceived uh, by uh, the latest spiritual fad that comes along, but holding true to God's word uh, that has been given to us uh, by Jesus and through his uh, prophets and through his leaders. And I understand that this is important for someone like me because I can easily be deceived by different things. Uh, for me, uh, the time when my gullibility can't, seems to come out the most uh, is when I'm travelling overseas, which doesn't happen so much these days, uh, but I regularly uh, seem to get ripped off by fake taxi drivers or by some false tourist attraction that costs way too much money and is, is just there to take my money, really. And it happened one time to me when I was uh, at a, on a stopover in LA with my parents, uh, and uh, we had about three hours to spare. And so we asked at the airport, where should we go? That's like the quintessential LA experience. And the woman was like, well, you can get in a taxi and make it to uh, Venice Beach 
and eat some food and get back here in time for your flight and you'll have, a, you'll have a lot of fun. So we did that. We made it to Venice Beach. We ate some food and then we were walking along the boardwalk and there were all these people selling their tourist wares there. And this man came up to us and he uh, looked like a gangster rapper, which is exactly the look that he was going for because he was like, hi, I'm a gangster rapper from Compton in LA. And I was like, wow, this seems amazing. He's like, I would like to sell you my CD because it was in the days of CDs. And he was like, do you want me to, you want to buy my new CD? I'm an up and coming gangster rap artist. And I was like, wow, I could be the person who discovers this up and coming gangster rap artist. This would be great. And he was like, the CD is, it's just $15. I was like, $15. That's a great price for a genuine gangster rapper from Compton. I'm going to buy it. So I bought the CD and I got a photo with him. And then I took it home to Australia. I was very happy. And then I realized that I probably actually wasn't that interested in it. So I gave it to my housemate. I was like, here, I bought you a gift from overseas. See, I was the great gift giver. Uh, And I gave him the gift. And then he put the CD on and it was a blank CD. I had been ripped off. It was, I spent the most amount of money on the most expensive a blank CD ever to be sold. I was deceived by the cunning and deceitfulness of this man and good on him, I say. He did well to get one over on me. But there are all these ways that uh, we can be deceived as God's people. Uh, we can be deceived by the latest spiritual get-rich-quick scheme or by the, the latest unbiblical teaching that seems good uh, at, at face value. And so what we need is people who mature us, people who can teach us God's word, people who can give us prophecy and tell us this is right and this is wrong. Uh, we don't get caught up by in one person, one great leader, because when we do that, often things go wrong. Uh, but together, through, through the work of many different leaders, uh, we get matured. When we are by ourselves, we get deceived, but together... In unity, we get matured as God's people because we are given the gifts of these leaders, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers who mature us as God's people. And so we can thank God that he has given us these people. He has given us what we need to live out this calling. So as we do this, let's love those people that God has given us. Let's be thankful for the people who have spoken into our lives. Let's encourage those people who are doing new works for Jesus those people who are speaking prophecy, those people who are sharing the good news, those people who are caring for God's people and teaching God's word. Let's encourage them. And if we have those gifts within us, let's work in them because we are part of Jesus' gift to the church. We have been given what we need to live out this high calling. And we know that we have what we need because we see how committed Jesus is to making us mature believers in him. That he came from heaven to earth Uh, to be the conquering hero, but first he had to conquer sin and death. And he did it through his death and his resurrection. He was willing to pay that price so that we might be made mature in him. He was willing to give us the gifts so that we might be built up in him. So now let's take the gifts he has given us and live as unified followers of him, showing the world what it means to be his people. I'm going to pray for us. Uh, Father God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. And thank you that as a conquering hero, uh, he has given us great gifts so that we are equipped to live out this high calling you have given us under your one true faith, you as our one Lord. I pray that we'll be one people uh, living out the diversity of your people in the unity of your son and that we will love uh, the gifts that you have given us 
that we encourage those people who are gifted as apostles and prophets, evangelists and pastors and teachers, that those people here who have those gifts, that they will be encouraged in them and they'll be able to live them out so that all of us might be made mature because of what you have done for us by giving us these gifts and by what you have done for us in your son, Jesus. Amen. Well, that was the talk. Thanks for listening. I hope it was helpful for you. If you want more talks to watch my videos, order my books or book me to speak, go to tomfrench.com.au. It's my home on the internet. You can also find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash twfrench or on Insta or YouTube at twfrench as well. And don't forget to give this podcast a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts so that other people might be able to discover it. Till next time, have a good one.